Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Rich Hudson. Uh, coffee. Drinking Hudson. Drinking me. <laughs> drinking me? Drinking Hello. you. Drinking me. Knowing me. Knowing you. Also joined by Rachel Shackleton. Hello. Hello. Now, we went out for our big Christmas night out the night uh, last night even, which is why sentences might be hard to form and why other things might not be as smooth as they usually are. But <laughs> we will battle through. But if, uh, if we look particularly haggard, then that's exactly why. So, we are gathered here today to talk about the general state of uh, <laughs> digital stories. <laughs> the death of steam. Uh, because it is worth bringing up that uh, the epic game store seems to just be continually gathering steam and you were saying well why don't we do like a podcast addressing that and addressing the general sort of state of digital storefronts and that got me thinking as to the way that like digital sales and physical sales have gone over the years but to kind of we'll we'll get there we'll sort of reverberate around we'll come back around on different points but I was going to open by just saying by asking you guys like kind of when did you first give do you remember when you first got steam and how much do you rely on it like on a day, a day, day to day or week to week kind of I basis I first got steam back in 2010 I want mm. to say I think it's when my steam account was created mm-hmm. and I started off with the orange box oh, a yeah. quintessential purchase for anybody on Steam mm-hmm. um, and back then for me Steam was such a a buggy broken program because I had a <laughs> laptop I was um, going out and doing like like my dance competitions when I'd go away and I'd take my laptop with me and I remember playing through Half-Life 2 for the first time mm. sat in a changing room uh, at dance competitions nice. but the thing is back then Steam with like offline mode was so buggy and it just never seemed to want to work it's mm. like you're not connected to the internet are you? No. Do you want to go in offline mode? Yes. <laughs> but you're not connected Crush. to the internet are you? It's like Hmm. No, no. And it, it felt like it may have just been my machines back in the day, but it felt like Steam was this like pretty clunky program for well, me earlier like... on. It's a lot better now, and it is it is my main distribution platform as somebody who mains, plays primarily on PC. Mm-hmm. It is my main platform. Because I didn't realise it was actually established back in 2003. It's been with us way longer <laughs> than I thought. Yeah. Um, but it obviously took a long time for it to get its foothold, and like it is kind of the go-to distribution platform, but I mean, when about us to do... Do you remember when you I first I actually got Steam uh, ridiculously late. I never really... Um played a lot of different games. I played, pretty much just played World play of Warcraft for 10 years. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I 
couldn't really put a date on it sometime at uni, so mm-hmm. without showing my age, I won't <laughs> comment with that. Either way, though, it's like it's at least a, the last um, sort of few years, which is... Oh, n- well, yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to say maybe I only got it about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, for the longest time, I um, I still only have a Mac, so, like, even though I had a PC mm-hmm. uh, when I was at home, I just stayed away from PC gaming or anything other than console gaming for the longest time, because I was like, nothing's going to run, and I can tell you, even after having a Mac, nothing runs. I mean, but, uh, saying know. that, the support that, that Steam has brought to the Mac and to Linux over the last, you know, four or five years has been yeah. exceptional, because... Mm. It was only about two years ago I built my current PC, and throughout uni I was on a Mac, so I mm-hmm. was playing stuff on a Mac as best as I Good could. Lord. And it was it was fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not amazing, but you know the support was there, which I was happy about. Mm-hmm. I think there's always a good handful of titles that do work. It's just that the overall assumption is that Mac stuff doesn't work very well, no. and so it's kind of a bit hit and miss. But so over the years, like obviously you kind of got a bunch of alternatives. Now you guys will know more of these than I do because I'm yeah. but a console peasant. Um, <laughs> but there are, I mean, for, for me when I was sort of like perusing over a bunch of these, and I kind of recognise some names. But you've obviously got the Google Store, which kind of you know like supports a lot of different apps and stuff. You've got Green Man Gaming, which is focused on indies. You've got uh, GOG or the uh, good old GOG, games, yeah, yeah GOG, uh, Humble, and BattleNet. And obviously, Battle like, Battlenet. And it's like, there's quite a lot out there. Yeah, I think Battlenet is probably the big, like, I wouldn't say the second biggest because obviously it only delivers about, what, eight or nine, ten games? It's certainly the most established but, out of Yeah, mm. definitely. Because I mean, because I think when I started oh, playing Google. WoW, when, <laughs> Sorry. I, when I started playing WoW for the short time I played WoW, I think it was on its own launcher and then eventually Battlenet was created and yeah. then WoW moved over to that. And that's become like a kind of its own standard and that's fine I'd say because it's obviously Blizzard now Activision Activision have moved over to it with Destiny 2 and Black Ops 4 so that's fine to Mm -hmm. be honest like it's understandable that things like WoW and stuff aren't on Steam people that was just the case Um, and then like Origin came along EA's one which isn't bad to be honest like for me the only games I have on it are Battlefield 1 Mm -hmm. that I've barely played and I've got FIFA 18 for some reason which I've barely played (laughs) so Origin isn't a a mainstay for me Mm -hmm. Um, GOG recently did their own storefront slash launcher on PC as well Mm -hmm. so GOG in case you don't know is the people who live literally next door to CD Projekt Red yeah I didn't know Uh, it was a bunch of those dudes um, um, and they do all the, like, not remasters, but, like, releasing old games for modern operating systems. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have my copy of, of Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 is on GOG. Right, Because right. the copy that I have, my physical one, of course, doesn't work mm-hmm. on operating systems because it's from 2001. So, the, the thing with that is, because that's the thing, they have all seem to have their little niches, or at least yeah. to some degree. And EA's origin is obviously very important if you yeah. like EA games because they'll release stuff a few days early or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so, it's kind of like Epic Game Store is getting is making a lot of waves because it's the first time someone's really directly gone after Steam's market and said, yeah. Like, we have enough heft and we have enough of a user base and a fan base to, like, directly challenge Steam. Mm. Yeah. And I think that, like, I mean, they were at the like, uh, Epic Game Store was all over the VGAs. They were sponsoring some games and they had announcements there as well yeah. to say that some games were exclusively coming to that store. Um, in terms of, like, seeing those announcements, did you guys go, hmm, or are you like, I have such a library on Steam and that's my go-to or whatever? Like, do you feel that they actually ha- do have a chance or is it just a big swell of money at the minute <laughs> paying for a lot of adverts? At the end of the day, if it's stuff like exclusives, I'm. it doesn't really bother me mm-hmm. I don't like a little bit healthy competition isn't a bad thing mm-hmm. for Steam it'll probably make Steam better yeah. and as a user I don't mind having a separate launcher I, mm-hmm. there's no negatives really at the end of Good. the day I think the the, the the big negative that people are drawing from this is the fact that it, it is another launcher that's, and that's one of the what things, people yeah. are getting I mean I can, you know I can understand why it's a bit annoying but people are like all you're doing is opening another program mm-hmm. might like, be better yeah, that, Could be, yeah. that is that is the case I mean yeah I mean like I said using Steam for, for you know eight nine years now um, I know how bad Steam can be sometimes so mm-hmm. like going over to Battle.net again to play Black Ops 4 it's like this is such a solid 
um, launch or a solid platform. Um, but then um, only a few months ago, Discord turned around and said, hey, we're doing a store and a launcher. <laughs> because it's like, now you can have all your games in Why one not? place. And it's like, but you're not, you're not really <sighs> migrating it to one place. You're just adding another one to mm -hmm. the mix. Yeah. And that's how it felt when Epic turned around to do it. Um, of course, Bethesda were like, oh, yeah, we're not launching 76 on Steam. That's going to be yeah. only on Bethesda's launcher, which, again, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's not very good because it doesn't do much. Same with... Um, Blizzard's one, it mm -hmm. doesn't do a huge amount compared to Steam, but it does what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like you're not really bringing anything new to the table. You're just doing another storefront. In reality, um, it seems to be there are all of these different stores, mainly for the um, publishing and development side of things, because obviously one of the big things about Epic's store is you get a bigger cut. Yes. The, uh, the publisher gets a bigger cut, mm -hmm. whereas on Steam, I don't know what the numbers are, but Valve gets a a cut that isn't like ridiculously big but I think for some developers and publishers are thinking that is too big for you to take yes so that's the thing I mean that's I guess if you say you were Bethesda and you've been hosting your games for a while on Steam and you've got this new thing coming out then they must obviously roll the dice and realise that it benefits them more to host it themselves because they don't have to they'll risk the visibility the loss in visibility let's say yeah. um, versus a bigger cut on their side and yeah in terms of the um, the statistics uh, Valve take a 30% cut of anything that's on the Steam store whereas um, what's his face Epic Games have a 12% uh, revenue cut which is obviously <laughs> way way better for the developer it is a much better um, margin, and so yeah. immediately like even if you'd have a you know, quick cursory Google you'll find stories of lots of developers jumping ship and publishing their next games on the Epic Store yeah. because it's just way more profitable uh, and plus the um, the Epic Store has a, a free game every two weeks the first one is out today uh, it's Subnautica which is like oh, underwater No Man's Sky it's decent um, I know that's the thing and, and uh, Super Meat Boy is the one that's at the end of the month or then in the next couple of weeks um, so it's not like they're skimping out on like must like you know worth to pl yeah, worthwhile they're, they're titles they're really trying to get people over I mean they, obviously as you said developers jumping ship but there mm -hmm. are also developers who are being bought not bought out but they're being paid by mm -hmm. epic mm -hmm. to be exclusive on the epic store so a game that i've been excited for um called satisfactory made by coffee stain studios mm -hmm. they recently announced we're going to be on epic's launcher and only on that and only on epic's uh -huh. launcher and the backlash was massive <laughs> i mean it's quite it's quite a small game in the grand scheme of things it's not a big triple a thing it's very very niche it's very very me mm -hmm. but it's like people were not happy about this. They really weren't happy about this. It's weird, if, you're, like, if you're like me and you don't play Fortnite, I don't have the Epic Games launch, which right. means I'm going to have to get this new launcher mm -hmm. for one game. See, it's weird, because like, are you going to say the same thing as me, where it's like, that doesn't seem like that much of a it's deal? It's not a big deal to me, personally. I mean, if anything, it actually sounds like it'll really help a lot of small companies oh, as well. We'll get a lot of new, really good indie games. Absolutely. Which I, mean, I'm I won't dispute mm -hmm. that. I mean, it's kind of, from a, from a console perspective, it's kind of, it's very different um, in terms of how you have your content with you when you've got all these different launches mm. because not everything does the same thing like mm -hmm. nothing is going to be as in-depth as steam and nothing is going to be as bare bones as uh, bethesda's i'd say mm -hmm. um but it's like imagine on playstation or xbox you launch a game off your xbox or your playstation but mm -hmm. you're launching it somehow not through psn and somehow through a different service mm. you need a different login for a different friends list ah uh, like all, ubi play yeah it's all things like that uh, it's like yeah you play is another one we completely forgot about mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. on to to get i've got rainbow six siege and mm. i've got it on steam but you launch it through steam it launches yep. you play then launches the game and yep. it's like right okay <laughs> that's kind of unnecessary it's like jumping into fallout 76 and it's like i want to add my friends where's the friends list oh the friends list is inside fallout 76 it's not on the bethesda launcher and it's like right okay that is confusing yeah battle.net whole new group of friends origin whole new group mm -hmm, of friends mm -hmm. you play whole new group of friends because even though you're launching that through steam it still doesn't work 
through Steam. Yeah, that's so, that's obviously one of the biggest problems on the on the PC side. Is yeah. we've seen so many companies try to get like, oh, we'll have a community on our platform. Yeah, it whereas, whereas before it was a relatively like universal thing through Steam. Mm-hmm. Whereas other things like GOG, I think you can get friends through, but GOG I think is mainly dedicated to like single player experiences mm-hmm. and obviously older games. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have multiplayer, of course, anyway. But like it, it's and also it is a very robust launcher. But mm-hmm. it is it that fills its own niche. Whereas with things like Battle.net, um, Bethesda, Origin, Uplay, and, and and Epic, they're all trying to be Steam. And I think that's where it's starting to split people across the board mm-hmm. because they're like, I want this experience to just all be in one place like console players have. Mm-hmm. You don't launch Black Ops and need a Black Ops account the to play app. online and yeah. stuff like that. Whereas other games, even through Steam, do that. You launch Just Cause 4, it's like, have you got a Square Enix account? It's like, I, no, I don't care. <laughs> I, think, I don't want uh, one. Just use my Steam account. Come uh-huh. on. I think technically, I think you have to do it with Mass Effect. If you play mm. Mass Effect, God, yeah. What with the uh, the origin thing? I think you need an EA account. Anyway, I think I think yeah. you do. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, no, I really didn't think of it from that angle. So that is really interesting. I think that's the thing that's starting to, that annoys people. It's like, it's like when I first got my PlayStation and I had to make a new PSN account and re-add all like re-add a bunch of people mm-hmm. who have moved to PlayStation. You know, that's mm-hmm. not a big deal because you do that once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas with new launches and stuff we're going to have to do that all again because like me and my friends, we all want to play Satisfactory and when it eventually releases or they eventually let us into the beta, still waiting, Jace. Um, <laughs> and we'll have to all add each other again on that. And again, you know, it's not a massive hassle. Mm-hmm. It, it, honestly, it isn't I mean, a big deal. You don't have many friends, so it no, won't exactly. take you long. I've only got to add like three people, but it's like still <laughs> the fact that that's the case. Like Satisfactory was on Steam. It was in my Steam wishlist. There it is. It's now it's gone right. uh, because they said we were paid by Epic we're going to put it on it Epic. And we said, it's going to be only there for 12 months. It's only timed. Mm-hmm. But we still might not bring it to Steam. And mm-hmm. it's like, but I can't exactly transfer my game from Epic back onto Steam. I'd have to rebuy it again. And it's, mm. it is, it's, it's really just it's, annoying. It's an interesting state of flux. Or like, it feels like we're in a state of flux. Because like I said, you've got all these like um, developer-publisher combos potentially taking hits on visibility. Their games aren't going to be on these massive storefronts because they obviously want to take a bigger hit. They want to take all the revenue. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously as they should. But mm-hmm. I guess there's an assumptive nightmare scenario where every publisher has its own storefront. Well, and exactly. every time you want to play something, you go through their storefront to get it. And the way it's, it's, that, it's that inherent thing of like, oh, I haven't played this in a while. Let's say, oh God, mm. what's my password? <laughs> uh. Plus as well, I mean, whenever we've, because obviously we mostly 99% cover uh, console stuff. Like yeah. it, just, it tends to be that you get more passionate, well, of his passionate fan bases, but console coverage seems in, to track in, in, in West in, in the Western world, consoles yeah. are a bigger deal in like pretty much everywhere else. PC is, mm-hmm. is the bigger portion, the biggest yes. chunk of the pie, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the thing, like, whenever we've whenever we've approached, like, covering stuff on, on PC, it's really hard to narrow that down, so whenever we've done articles and stuff on it, it's always been, like, the 10 best Steam games, or whatever, like, Steam is the go-to, or the, like, the assumptive, and like, it is, PC And it platform. is the biggest at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah, and um, so, like, that's one of the biggest things that Epic's going up against, is, like, being therefore associated with PC overall, because, like, you know, even the ones that we've reeled off, like, people know the name of, like, GOG, or they know the Humble Bundles and stuff like that, but, like, if you're, I don't know, the, that, in terms of, like, nomenclature, it's, like, Steam is the one that gets thrown up alongside PC. Yeah. Like Sony, I mean, as much as Ubisoft have tried to get Uplay to be like the go-to I mean, thing. I mean, Uplay really in the beginning was absolutely dreadful. Hate I still it. think it is. It's, 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 it. not, it's not terrible now. It, right. it runs, it's a lot better than it used to be. But mm-hmm. yeah, when I first ever encountered Uplay for something, it was like, God, this is dreadful. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. It was just—it wasn't even like animated. Uh, <laughs> it was just like no, it just wasn't, it wasn't a nice program. And I mean, no. this is this intrigues me as to whether this is going to make Steam and Valve go and right go and think right. We need to change up how we're doing things mm -hmm. here because I mean, you know, the, the cuts uh, back when they started Steam, as you said, two thousand and three with the launch of Counter Strike Source, mm -hmm. they could charge whatever the hell they liked. Mm -hmm. They could take whatever cut they liked. I mean, mm -hmm. admittedly, at first it was just their games, but that was the first time the idea of having online games to be updated like from afar yeah. was a thing. So they could when other when other people eventually got their games on Steam, they could do what they want. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is the time that Valve do need to look at it and think, okay, I mean, Epic Games are not going to topple Steam. I sincerely Not doubt that will yet. happen. Maybe one. I mean, maybe never it, say never. Never say never. No, at all. But I, I think with the 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 weight that Steam's had behind it over the last what fifteen years, yeah, uh, yeah. like it's going to be kind of hard to take that on. In the it's true. I tell you what's really interesting is um, it was the same thing that we saw on the Switch when like the uh, eShop first launched, and it was like all these developers rushed to put their stuff on there. But that took like a good few months, and for those first few months, the titles that were on there, obviously the visibility was a lot higher, and the for the first few months, the eShop was really easy to use, mm. and you got yeah. recommended good stuff, and all the best stuff was 
was right at the top because that's nigh on all there was. And so one of the biggest problems with Steam these days is curation because they yeah. don't have a good way of elevating good games. Um, and it does come down to that idea of unlimited shelf space. It's like, well, you know, it's it's potentially unfair for them to like flag certain stuff over other stuff. And they do want to just give you, here's the world's games, you yeah. figure it out. And, and it does so, mean you come across some real tat on Steam. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you look mm. at the Switch store now and it's just like, it's just, it's the shovelware store. It's awful. Like, it's just a bunch of mobile ports and some of them, I mean, there's a Santa tracker on there for like three quid. Oh and my sorry, three pounds, rather. And it's, it's just literally, like, that's, a, that's a free app you download yeah, to just, your iPad in 2008. Exactly. Not and it's like, your Switch in 2018. Just a bunch of stuff that obviously, you know, like they their doors are open, the floodgates are open yeah. and everything is, is going on to there. So in, in terms of Epic's thing, if it does continue the steam that they're, I keep saying they're building steam, but which is kind of ironic because they're kind of building steam yeah. to take on steam. <laughs> but, See what you did there. I know. And so the, the bigger that they get though, that means they have to have, they have that same problem because they have all these different like deals in place. Oh, we'll give you like better revenue. We'll give you a better cut. Yeah. But the more that that happens, how the hell do they stay on top of the curation side of it? You see, um, other, other platforms have managed that because of course, mm. you know, PlayStation and Xbox stores are notoriously good for their curation. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can still get some duff titles on PS4. They're usually buried. <laughs> yeah, but like they don't show up very often. No. And if they are, they like most of the time you don't even know. Whereas mm-hmm. on Steam and on Switch, you get some real tat. Yeah. And it's like I looked at. I think it's today the uh, the Switch Christmas like holiday sale has launched. Ooh. I had a look on the the offers and it's all crap. It's <laughs> all crap. You think, oh, I might get a deal on Smash Brothers or Splatoon. No, it's all utter garbage. Do you want a Santa tracker? Yeah, it's all stuff like that. And other t- other platforms have managed to do that. I mean, things like EA, uh, sorry, Origin, um, Blizzard, and um, Bethesda, like their stuff isn't really curated because it is just their stuff. Whereas mm. things like GOG, that is curated because they, everything is essentially worked on and released in-house to get rid of all the DRM, to get it all working and mm-hmm. stuff. That is essentially curated. And if, if Epic can pull that off, then, you know, they have got a potential upper hand on Steam because... Yeah. Of the curation. I mean, have you guys? You've been on the um, the Epic Games the page, and you've like flicked through and stuff. Like, just, yeah. it's way more like visually heavy. Like, it's just it's like a, it's like a nice new modern web page. That's um, why the, like, the client is too. Steam doesn't look nice. That's the other thing Steam too. Steam has aged. The the um, the the frequency the Valve update Steam's UI is is painfully bad. <laughs> like uh, like going back because I, admittedly there was a there was a period of time where I just had Steam and mm-hmm. I didn't have to have anything else and now obviously I've had to get Battle.net and Origin and everything else. Battle.net especially is gorgeous. Right. It's so simple and to the point it does what it's told whereas Steam is just a browser. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is literally just a browser in a different skin. And it feels like it too. Like and the transitions between menus it's like, sluggish it's yeah. horrible like yeah I think Valve really need to do a big like kick up the butt for Steam I mean that's the thing like do you think they feel like if they overhauled it and just kind of sorted out the aesthetic of it that that would be enough to Ooh. at least a- approach contending with something that looks more like inviting I like, mean I think that would help I wouldn't mind I mean, it if they turned around and made it as slick and as clean as other launchers mm-hmm. the same time as though like we're we, it's just something we sort of put up with whereas like that is not what's gonna in the end to keep it in the lead of something if mm-hmm. something starts to catch up on it if you, if you if you understand me yeah like it's a minor sort of inconvenience about yeah. steam that it doesn't look nice it's but like it if, is if, very if, if, useful. If, it ain't, if it ain't broke don't fix yeah, it well, even yeah. though there are things that are kind well, of broken about <laughs> steam but it's like using something like say um audacity it yes. looks like it's from 1986 but it, it does <laughs> yeah, the job that perfectly puts so you, me off using that you know so, oh, really? i mean i i audition i don't audition is audition really we're going into <laughs> software territory right now but like um no yeah. <laughs> the aesthetic of something doesn't necessarily have to play up, but it does make the whole experience better. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And yeah. for the very brief time I used the Epic launcher when Fortnite first came out, because I was like, oh, I like PUBG, let's give this a go. I was like, yeah. yeah, it's a nice little launcher, but 
I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting one. It's a question overall. of like um, like necessity, I think. And it's just like it's it's interesting because like you know like competition breeds innovation, and it's like it's not like Steam have had anything as big as this before. It, it's probably just the way that Epic Games is being framed at the minute. It sounds like this big contender that uh, has all this you know I mean, momentum yeah, behind it. They it's, are they are capitalizing on a huge number of people playing Fortnite through their launch. There is that already yeah, there is on that. PC. So they're just going, hey, look, here's a bunch of other games. Mm-hmm. You're already opening us every day. Mm-hmm. Here's some more yeah. stuff. You know, I, I realize we forgot to mention the Twitch. Um, um, all the integration stuff. Game app as well, because they, I mean, they have their own game yeah. app. Right? Yeah, and, and and plus, and that's another part of the Epic Games thing too, because they do kickbacks to people if you get referred to the game store. So like, kind of like, whole... like Amazon affiliate links. Yes, and yeah. so like they kind of have all this like uh, interconnected social media push, which like, like Steam like has links to people like uh, company pages and stuff, but it doesn't get, feel like you it's get on curators board. on Steam. Yeah, but they don't get kickback from suggesting things. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they've already incorporated that into Fortnite anyway. Haven't mm-hmm. they? If you buy V Bucks, you can it'll it'll kick back to your favorite content creators and stuff like that. So yeah. That implementation is already there. Mm-hmm. So there are, yeah, there are like that's the thing. You go on any sort of games like page on the Epic Store, and you already have these all these big social media links, and it's like here's how you keep in touch mm-hmm. with the developers, and, and like you know, like if it's something that's in early access, like you can still do that on Steam. You get the mailing list and everything. Yeah. But like it just it seems like they're going forward with like the personalization of it and that yeah. personal connection. Like the reason you're going to get invested in a project is because you can keep up with it the whole way through. Um, and then obviously if if you have a favorite YouTuber or Twitch streamer or whatever, and that they're they're a fan of the game too, then it kind of benefits everybody. And so establishing that ecosystem is something that like Steam has but isn't really at the it forefront needs to be, of the It needs to be refined. I think yeah. that's the thing about Steam. There's just so much baggage on it. There's mm. so much to it because of 15 years of not necessarily always curated things and just 15 years of games. You know, mm. There's hundreds of thousands of millions of games on, mm-hmm. that, on that platform. I tell you as well, there, there is a weird um, potential ethical quandary with the idea of like obviously review journalists or streamers and stuff like sponsoring games that they then get kickbacks for. Obviously yeah. that's a whole thing and so it'll depend how that like shakes out. But uh, another thing that's worth talking about and kind of in regards to that too is that reviews are optional on uh, the Epic Game Store? That people, the developer or publisher, can choose to turn them off, which is like oh. that's that's a thing. And so, like, like obviously, like Epic, I just sort of, I mean, that's just, you know, Steam review bombing is a thing, and it happens. It does very happen, and, and it's not. I've never, I know that I know that developers and companies, publishers hate it when that happens. Yes. But like what happened to GTA Five? GTA well, yeah, Five yeah, last yeah. year. Daisy, I think, had it as mm-hmm. well. Like, it, I mean, to be honest, it's it's not a practice unless it's for something like without any weight to it, mm. it, then it's not okay. But there are times when, when that happens and it does make things different. Like mm-hmm. when it was when Rockstar banned mods, was it, on GTA 5 or GTA Online? That was it, And yeah. then yeah. And people flocked to the Steam store and, and plummeted the uh-huh. reviews. I think that kind of works to give people a little bit of leverage back against the developer. Yeah. Being able to switch that off, it's like disabling likes and dislikes and comments or on comments, a YouTube yeah. video. The thing- it's like, it, I'm surprised that YouTube haven't turned around on YouTube Rewind 2018 and gone, oh yeah, you can't dislike this, this anymore. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels like if Epic are going to let you turn that off. Yeah. Um, it's... A bad thing as well. So what's their refund policy like? Because if there's no mm. reviews on a game and you buy it and it's pap, mm-hmm. surely there's a refund well, policy. Well, I think, I mean, obviously they're letting, they, you know, you can have them on or off, but I think it'll become a market. It'll become a thing if a developer's turned their reviews off. It's like, I think that'll instantly know. make people think, yeah, yeah they're probably, probably, off it, it, you're probably yeah, not worth yeah. our time if that's mm-hmm. the case. But as you're saying about refund, yeah, Epic turned around straight away and said, yes, there was a refund policy. Mm-hmm. Because obviously Steam in- introduced theirs, what, a year and a half, two years ago, maybe? It was, I mean, considering I how long exactly. the service has been um, 
obviously with the whole hubbub about Fallout 76 and people not being allowed digital <laughs> refunds, which was very stupid on Bethesda's part. Uh, but the thing about uh, Epic's one, because they're saying, oh, no questions asked. And yet they ask you genuinely for like one of your fingers. They ask you to give you the, your, your debit cards. And right. they ask you these this multitude of questions as to genuinely like such specific things like what was the day you bought the game? What are the last digits of the card that you used? What day did you purchase it on? Mm. How What's your you mother's played? maiden name? What's your mother's name? What's your pin number? What's your social What's your security number? Food. It's a lot of things. And it seems like a lot of hoops to jump through. Mm. Now, admittedly, um, compared to Steam, you do get a bigger window to refund the game. It's Seems right. on Epic, but you have to jump through all those hoops. Mm-hmm. On Steam, you can buy a game and go, yep, yeah, don't like this, press a button, Steam will go, okay, thinking about it, thinking about it, there you go. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it is a lot simpler. Admittedly, yes, it is a you you get lesser time to to get your head around or experience a Sometimes game. Sometimes you don't need that much time though, like really. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I bought a game before, opened it, looked at the UI and thought, because it was like a transport game, like right. you build like roads and trains, again, very me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this this looks really interesting. And then I opened it, I was like, wow, this looks like crap. Right. And I you refunded just it. Know, and yeah. then Bob's your uncle, it was gone. And there was a big, you know, controversy about, um, even with that very small window, people abusing it. Somebody, I remember Polygon did this horrible, horrible hit piece on a streamer who bought shots fired from Rich Hudson. No, nah, it was it was it was honestly a, a very a very bad way to go about mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody a streamer bought um, Sonic Forces, which right. we all know is not good. <laughs> I uh, enjoyed that game yeah, for I didn't. ten uh, minutes oh or so. Yeah, <laughs> the character it. creator. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was good fun. <laughs> bought it, played it on stream didn't like the game at all like I mean admittedly I can understand why because I've played it myself it's and it's, trash. It's, it's not good uh-huh. and he refunded it and right. got the money back and then somebody at Polygon was like that's not okay and it's like but it was everything was still under Steam's um, like he hadn't played it for the X amount of time, it's like two mm-hmm. hours, I think. He completed really quickly because I mean, right, the, the right. game is very It's short. really short, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he finished it in time. All of the, the tick boxes were ticked um, and they did this hit piece on him as to like, like try, try and get loads of negative press on him. And everyone was kind of like, but that's still under yeah, what? their if it's within policy. The terms, it's fine. But like, it, with, yeah. with Epic, if their policy is going to be a bit wider, it's going to mm. be a bit more welcoming that could potentially be abused even more yeah i mean i think that it's it's interesting like that thing that you said before about like you know like the it, it, it allows like customers to like, get some feedback like if everyone goes and does like a big steam bomb kind of thing then yeah. yes it forces people to uh or forces the companies to take notice but i wonder if the only reason that um, review bombing has become a thing is because that's the only way they can get a message across in like yeah. a big enough way whereas the way that the epic game store is like you have all these like social media connections and like all the different you can leap straight onto a company's instagram or their twitter feed or whatever it's all right there immediately Immediately. And so, like, you can, you know, if someone needs to, sh- like, have a, you know, flag the idea that a game is unfinished or there's yeah. some problem with it or whatever. I mean, Steam has forums as well, built mm. in, which are very, very useful at times. Like, with Just Cause 4, I've been having issues with it running on PC due to yeah, GPU true. errors, and I can jump straight onto the forums on Steam, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's a fix that we're still waiting on mm. from Avalanche and all this sort of thing. So I do get to see that straight there. But, yeah, having those direct links, I don't really know how frequently the, the in-Steam forums are used by developers. Like, I look at, uh, for example, Planet Coaster, which is constantly being updated uh, their Twitter their Reddit mm-hmm. uh, their own forums are always really lively as for Steam I don't see um, the community people from Frontier working on that side of things right, yeah. so it is. it does feel a bit more direct but then it's kind of lacking that like in community discussion area mm-hmm. that you get with Steam. Yeah, I think overall, like Steam kind of feels a little bit faceless. It's, it kind of has to be considering how much content they're shifting through it. Yeah. But it just as a platform, it just it just it feels like I mean you know it is like the web browser experience. It just it's there. It does a certain <laughs> it thing. A it does the job. Yeah, it, it does, does the job. It does the job. It does the job. Yeah. It and does that's, it well. that's obviously let them you know like be at the top of the pile for so long. Um, but 
but it, 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 for, for where we are at the minute, I'm kind of just I'm quite excited to see what Epic continue to do because at the minute they've got a lot of stuff that benefits the um, the customer. You get free games every couple of weeks, and they have a lot of really good stuff in terms of their revenue split um, and a lot of great ways of connecting uh, different devs to different projects and different people. And, uh, and I also think that the revenue thing means that way more games will get made, um, or at least people will take risks on new mechanics and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, totally. So I'm kind of looking forward to see what happens from here. Um, so yes, you guys can let us know what you think down in the comments below or find us on social media. This has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Rich. Thank you for having me. And joined by Rich. I'm so hungover. <laughs> but it's cool. We'll catch you next time. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.